Hello there. This is Series 8 of Satisfied. The Series 8 podcasts enhance the God-dependent woman Bible study covering the book of 2 Corinthians in the New Testament. I'm Melanie Newton, just an everyday kind of woman who loves the Lord and His Word. In the last podcast, we looked at three of the gifts we receive from God as new creations in Christ. Today's podcast will cover Lesson 6 of the God-Dependent Woman Bible Study. We will look at three other gifts we receive from God as new creations in Christ. Remember that salvation is available to everyone in the world based on one thing, faith in Jesus Christ's finished work on the cross. When we respond with faith in Jesus Christ, we receive a bunch of wonderful gifts as we become new creations in Christ at that point. That's from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. As the direct result of Christ's finished work on the cross, our relationship with God is changed because of our faith. Six terms describe what Jesus' death on the cross accomplished for us and are sometimes called the words of the cross. They are gifts we receive as new creations in Christ. Here's a review of the three we covered in the last podcast. Word of the cross number one, Propitiation means that God's holy wrath against sin is fully satisfied. Because you have trusted Christ and are now found in Christ, you can dwell on the fact that God is satisfied, no longer angry at your sin. Word of the cross number two, reconciliation means that your relationship with God is restored. You can dwell on the fact that the barrier that separated you from God has been taken away. Because of your faith in Christ, your relationship with God is restored, no longer broken. Word of the cross number three, redemption, means that you are purchased out of bondage to sin and released into freedom to serve God. You can dwell on the fact that you, as a believer, have been purchased by the blood of Christ out of slavery to sin. You are released, no longer in bondage, to any entrapping sin. In this podcast, we will focus on three other gifts we receive as new creations in Christ. Word of the cross number four is forgiveness. It means that your guilt has been taken away. Many of us carry the guilt of our sins with us like a heavy burden, weighing us down. The continual reminder of our sins keeps us from experiencing freedom and from enjoying our relationship with God. All of our debt of sin before God is enormous. We could never pay for it all. But God stepped in and did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves, forgiveness. In the Bible, the term forgiveness means to send off or send away. Our sin is transferred to a substitute, Jesus, and taken away from us. People in Old Testament times were accepted by God and received eternal life in the same way as we are today, by faith in the merciful grace of God. But to get forgiveness for their sins, they had to bring animal sacrifices to the priest. Their sin was transferred to that sacrifice, and they received forgiveness for their sins up to that point. God promised His people that one day, forgiveness would no longer be a temporary solution, but would be complete and permanent. That happened on the cross through Jesus. Paul describes this so beautifully in Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Some of my favorite verses. When you were dead in your sins, God made you alive with Christ. 
He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Once you place your faith in Jesus Christ, whatever you've done that was wrong in God's eyes, from the time you were born through the time of your death, has been canceled, taken away, all of it, past, present, and future, nailed to the cross. Forgiveness is complete and continual. You are forgiven based on your faith alone. But it's even better than that. We saw in our last lesson that Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, how God is no longer counting people's sins against them. Actually, only one sin separates any man or woman from eternal life with God now, rejecting faith in Jesus Christ. So for every believer, God is not counting that sin against them. What a relief that is. Yet as long as you live in your earthly body, you will be tempted to sin. Sin will happen, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And though our God is no longer counting our sins against us, we still must deal with the consequences of any sinful behavior. As an already forgiven Christian, the biblical process for dealing with recognized sin is to remember first that your identity is child of God. Then agree with God that you've sinned against Him. Mourn your sin and depend on the Holy Spirit to help you obey God in the future. Then trust in Him to help you overcome the consequences of any sinful choices you've made in a way that brings glory to Him. That's living a life that pleases the Lord in every way. Make sure you understand this truth. God does not hold your sins against you. Instead, God places all of your sins on His Son, Jesus. God places Jesus' righteousness on you in the place of your sins. That is the great exchange that Paul wrote about in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. What a marvelous act of grace on God's part. We do not deserve this grace gift. It is a gift of love. The only requirement to receive this gift of love is faith in Jesus Christ as Savior. Because you've trusted Christ and are now found in Christ, you can know and live with confidence that you've been forgiven, no longer burdened by your sin and guilt. Allow Jesus to cleanse your conscience from any residual guilt. And every time you think about it again, thank God for His amazing gift to you as a new creation in Christ. Word of the cross number five is justification. It means that you are declared righteous in God's eyes. As a teen, I wrestled with the notion that I was not good enough to please God. I could never measure up to His standards of perfection. I was always guilty of not doing something right, of falling short of whatever it was He expected of me. Then I heard some good news when I committed my life to Christ and chose to follow Him. God declared me not guilty of all my sin. Really? Yes, dear believer, God declares you not guilty of all sin, once and for all, based on your faith alone in His Son. 
It's an amazing plan that is totally based on His grace towards you, not anything you've earned by your own efforts. And the word used to describe this one decision made by God the judge on behalf of every Christian is justification. The truth wrapped up in this one word has rocked the world for centuries. So what is justification? Justification is a legal term that means to declare righteous or not guilty. Because of Christ's finished work on the cross, God chooses to give a not guilty status to anyone who places their faith in Jesus Christ. Not one human deserves this. It can never be earned. God gives this because Jesus paid the penalty for all sin. Now there are two aspects to justification. The first aspect is the removal of guilt from the offender. That's forgiveness. The second aspect is the addition of righteousness to the one who believes. That's the justification. The two aspects together are called the great exchange. Paul describes it clearly in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, when he says this, God made the one who did not know sin, that was Jesus, to be sin for us, so that in him we would become the righteousness of God. So God not only declares you not guilty of all sin through your faith in his son, he also gives you a new status called righteousness before God. That's the end result of justification. The believer in Jesus Christ is declared righteous before God. The amazing thing is that God does this while we are still capable of sinning. <laughs> when God looks on you, he sees his son's righteousness taking the place of your sin, even your sin after you've been a believer for a long time. Picture an accountant's spreadsheet dedicated to your life. On the left side of the page is the heading, Your Sins. On the right side of the page is the heading, Christ's Righteousness. When you sin, intentionally or unintentionally, for the rest of your life, God replaces that sin on the Your Sin side with Christ's Righteousness and puts your sin on His side. Your sin is taken away, that's forgiveness. It is a continual balancing. Your sin never stays on your side of the page because God declares in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 19 that he is not counting men's sins against them. You are forever declared not guilty in his sight. Isn't that great news? So when you're tempted to think that God could not possibly accept you because of your guilty past, declare this to yourself. Because of my faith in Jesus Christ, I am declared righteous, no longer guilty in God's sight. That's another treasure from God to you as a new creation in Christ. Word of the cross number six is sanctification. It means to be set apart as God's possession for his exclusive use. I was once an uptight perfectionist, thinking if I were good enough, not only would my parents love me, but even God would love me and be pleased with me. Sounded like a great strategy. One big problem though, I couldn't keep that goodness up all the time. No one can be good enough on her own to please God 100% of the time from birth to grave in order to earn his love and acceptance. The Bible says there is no one who does good, not even one. From God's perspective, my self-image was tied to a losing cause. <laughs> 
God is the ultimate perfectionist. He determines what he considers good, not me, not you. None of our little checklists measure up. But there's good news for all of us who think we can be good enough on our own to please God and earn his love and acceptance. Give up. Yep, stop it. The only human who was ever good enough for God was his son, Jesus. So when Jesus entered my life, he showed me a new way to look at myself through what he did for me on the cross. When my eyes stopped looking at me and my flaws and started looking at him and my value in his sight, that burden of performance and perfectionism just rolled off my shoulders. It was the greatest relief I ever felt. Through my faith in Christ, God looks upon me as already perfect, as flawless as the most perfect diamond. The Bible calls this sanctification. Like propitiation, which was word number one, sanctification is a word we don't use in our daily vocabulary. To be sanctified means to be made holy. To be holy means to be set apart from anything evil. By faith in Jesus Christ, God declares us holy in His sight. His love chooses to do that for us. It absolutely amazes me that God looks upon me and calls me holy in His sight. Doesn't that amaze you? But sanctification is more than just having a different status before God. We have a different purpose as well. Every believer has been set apart as God's special beloved possession for His exclusive use. Dear Christian, you are God's special beloved possession called by Him to be dedicated to His service. You have a valuable purpose. How sweet is that? Sanctified ones are called holy people and saints in the New Testament, as the Corinthians are called saints in chapter 1, verse 1. God declares you holy because of your faith in Jesus Christ, not your behavior. Although some particularly influential Christians have been titled saint through the years as an honor for their service to God, this in no way negates the truth that every believer is a saint in God's eyes. You've been redeemed, reconciled to God, forgiven, justified, and completely accepted by God because of what Jesus has already done for you on the cross. And every believer is clothed with Christ. When God looks on you and me, He sees Jesus and His righteousness, not all of our faults. It is an amazing plan that is totally based on His grace toward us, not anything we have earned by our own efforts. All of that contributes to God declaring you holy as one of his saints by faith in Jesus Christ. You are also being made holy in your thoughts, words, and actions by the work of the Holy Spirit. This is ongoing from the moment of salvation until the Lord comes or you die when your being made holy is complete. The Spirit transforms us into the likeness of Christ so that we become in thought and behavior what we are in status, holy as God is holy. We see this at the end of 2 Corinthians chapter 6 into the first verse of chapter 7, which says this, Let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. What this says is that we have choices to make, 
that reflect our desire to set ourselves apart from sin and to God's purposes for us. Because you've trusted in Christ and are now found in Him, you can know and live with confidence that you are set apart by God for God. In His sight, you are perfected, no longer flawed. Your behavior matches this status when you submit to the Spirit's work to intentionally separate you from what God calls sin and then commit yourself to being used for His purposes throughout your everyday life. All of these gifts are yours, dear believer. Because of the cross, you can dwell on the fact that you are completely forgiven of your sins and that Jesus promises to cleanse your conscience from guilt. You can dwell on the fact that you have been declared righteous, justified, and are now perfectly acceptable to a holy God based on your faith in His Son. And you can dwell on the fact that God declares you holy because of your faith in Christ. You are sanctified, set apart by Him for Him. It was totally God's work to make sinners acceptable again in His sight. Our proper response as new creations is one of love and gratitude as we live dependently on Him and let Him work in our lives. Now, to evaluate our saying for today. Does God give the hardest battles to His strongest soldiers? That's what it says. When you are having a rough time, just remember that God gives the hardest battles to His strongest soldiers. True or false? You've probably heard this saying before today. And any graphic with this saying on it might be accompanied by a picture of Wonder Woman with Bible verses attached about being strong in the Lord. Does God give the hardest battles to His strongest soldiers? The Corinthians had a lot of tough battles, and they were definitely not God's strongest soldiers. Very few of us feel like God's strongest soldiers when we're facing a huge challenge such as stage four cancer, infertility, a disability that prevents us from working to use our God-given skills, or a child born with severe birth defects. Going back to what we've learned in 2 Corinthians so far, we are all jars of clay, weak, frail. God puts His treasure Himself in all of us because we are all weak, and He wants us to know that any power to fight a battle is from God and not from us. Our strength comes from being clothed in Christ, not clothed as Wonder Woman. Delete that saying from your Facebook feed, okay? From our lesson today, here are some reasons why God wants us to depend on Him more than on ourselves. We are His children, chapter 6, 16 through 18 to purify ourselves to perfect holiness. That's chapter 7, verse 1. He comforts us when we are downcast. Chapter 7, verse 6. So we rightly respond to sin in our lives. Chapter 7, verse 9. To see truth in ourselves, in our hearts. Chapter 7, verse 12. Let Jesus satisfy your heart with confidence that you can depend on Him. Then live each day as a God-dependent woman. Until next time, I'm Melanie Newton, and this is Series 8, 
of satisfied.